Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is located in Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement, blessing, and an inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us, or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. Psalm chapter 77, 14. And this is what it says. You are the God of miracles and wonders. You still demonstrate your awesome power. You are the God of miracles and wonders. You still demonstrate your awesome power. That is the God that you and I serve. The God of miracles and the God of wonders. And just in case you weren't here last week, I want to reiterate that you are standing in a church that believes that God still does miracles today. It's not a thing of the past. It's not a thing that we only read about. It's something that you and I can experience today. So if you need a breakthrough, if you need a miracle in your life, I want you to be rest assured and know that God can still do it. And know that God not only can still do it, God is able to do it. Amen? So Psalm 77, 14. Can you put it up? Maybe. There it is. I want us all to read it together. So your version may be different, so look at the screens. On the count of three, we're going to read it out loud. One, two, three. You are. All right, hold on. Let's, we are all out of sync. It's like we got the wrong tempo. All right, here we go again. One, two, three. You are the God of miracles and wonders. You still demonstrate your awesome power. Let's say it one more time. You are the God of miracles and wonders. You still demonstrate your awesome power. Amen. Give God some glory. Father, we come before your presence. We ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would speak into our lives today. I don't know what someone's been praying for. I don't know what they've been asking for. We just read your word, and your word fills us with hope. Your word fills us with expectancy, and your word fills us, Lord Jesus, with faith. We ask you, Lord, that you would speak into our lives today. And that your miracle-working power would be activated, would be set loose, would be released, would be present in this atmosphere and in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Can someone say amen? Amen. Give God one more hand praise and you may be seated. Hallelujah. How many of you want a miracle in your life today? Amen. And most of us, as we desire a miracle, as we ask God for a miracle, we have to understand that we got to know that Miracles are born from problems. Amen? 
The reason you need a miracle in your life is because there's a problem or there's an issue that you can't solve, that no one can solve. And there's an, what we see as an impossibility that we need a God that is a God of the impossible to work a mighty wonder in our lives. And when we raise our hands, I need a miracle, it's because there's an issue or there's a problem in our lives. See, here's the thing. Uh, you received, we were in, at a small group on, on Thursday and, and someone told us about how they received a, a check in the mail. That is a blessing. It's not necessarily a miracle. It's a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing in that person's life. Praise God. Yesterday we got a check in the mail too. Hey, man, and we were excited. It wasn't a lot, but hey, you know what? It, it pays for some things. And it was a great blessing in our lives. But when we talk about a miracle, we, we are talking about something um, we were just discussing this this past week as we were, my wife and I were talking about different miracles and trying to uh, thank God for miracles that we have seen in our lives, that we have seen occur in our lives. And, and we were, uh, actually we even called up our, our mother-in-law kind of to discuss some of these miracles. And um, we were being reminded of the time that my mother-in-law was in the hospital and, and the doctors told her, you, you need to set your feet in reality and understand that if you go through with this surgery, we can't promise you anything. We can't promise that you're going to make it. And if you do make it through the surgery, we can't even promise that things are going to go well afterwards. And we were reminded of that. We remember how we were praying, not just us praying. There was a whole church praying for my mother-in-law. And, and, and that following morning as they were making the decision to, 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 have, to, to do the surgery, they came back and they said, you know what? Something's changed. Something's different. There is no longer a need for surgery. We don't know what happened. As of yesterday, there was surgery that was needed and we couldn't guarantee anything. But today, nothing is needed to be done. She is on her way to recovery. Praise God for miracles. Praise God because he is the God of the impossible. But see, there, there's always, when we speak about miracles, there's always this, this struggle. This, we can call it a tug of war between our faith and our doubt. Nathan, come here. Stand right here in front of me. Grab my hand. Let's say Nathan represents faith and I represent doubt. There are moments we come to church and our faith pulls us. It pulls us. Praise God. Amen. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. But then there's moments that we get home and all of a sudden doubt. Doubt is stronger. <laughs> doubt is stronger. And then all of a sudden, uh, we hear a word, and someone calls to encourage us, and guess what happens? Our faith grows. Man, faith is kind of weak here. <laughs> and then we go to work, and we're surrounded by some people and naysayers, and, and then doubt occurs. And there's this struggle back and forth, back, be nice to your old man, all right? 
You can go. <laughs> Thank you. Give Nathan a, a, a hand there. Amen. There's this struggle between faith and doubt and we're, we're going back and forth and we, we hear of, of the miracle stories that God has done in other people's lives. But then we, we begin to question God, why, why don't you, because this is, this is the truth and this is reality. I mean, I'm not trying to, to just say there's pie in the sky all the time. There are moments where we pray and we ask God to move and it seems like God doesn't move. And there have been moments in our lives, I'll be the first one to say, that I feel like maybe God didn't work things out the way I wanted them to work out. And we look at, at stories like I just told you about my mother-in-law or, or like we uh, related to you last week about God saved us from, from, uh, from, from death. And, and we ask and we find ourselves asking and saying, God, why don't you always do it that way? And there's a struggle between faith and doubt. But what can you and I do to make sure that we have a faith? That honors God. Because Lord, I, I, I know that you can do it. I, I, I've seen you do it. I've heard the stories of you doing it. But I'm just not too sure if you'll do it for me. And if you and I, if we walk around life carrying this, this faith and doubt struggle, just like many of us do, uh, there, there is a miracle story in your life, but if we, we go through life with this struggle, we, we, we are, and I will talk, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but we're always in, we're always out. We, there's a, I don't know if you can see it, there's a line here, we cross over the line of faith, then we cross back into doubt. It's back and forth, flip-flopping. Between faith and doubt. And I, and I believe that a lot of us have asked this question, God, will you do it for me? I know you can do it for someone else, but will you do it for me? And I believe that in the word of God in Mark chapter 9, there's a story that can help us with this. If you, if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to Mark chapter 9. And we're going to start in verse 16. I'm going to set this up while you search for this. Mark chapter 9, verse 16. Jesus has been away with Peter, James, and John. He's been gone for a day or two. Not really sure, but there's been some time that has passed. Peter, James, and John, and Jesus, they go up into a mountain. And this is where we read and get to the miracle story. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed. I mean, he, he exclaimed. I mean, the, the, the author... Not only did he put an exclamation point, he said that he exclaimed, he shouted, he, 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 he yelled it out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. And this is the struggle that you and I, that we're talking about, that you and I go through faith and doubt. He's done it before, but I'm not sure if he's going to do it again. He did it a few years ago, but it's been a while since I've seen him move in my life that way. And I think that the best word that we can use to describe this going back and forth, yes, I believe. Uh, no, I kind of believe. Yeah, uh, he can do it for someone else, but he can't do it for me. Yeah, th the best word that I can find 
to describe this kind of attitude and this kind of mentality or this kind of life is instability. We are all over the place. One day we're up high in the clouds and then the next day we're low in the valley. One day we're full of faith, the next day we are full of doubt. And if we're not careful, we, we all of a sudden come to a place in life where we are cynical and skeptical of God. The Bible says it this way in James chapter 1 verse 6. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. Blown and tossed by the wind. Verse 7. The, that person, listen, this is, got to understand this. That person who's like that wave that's being tossed back and forth should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Yeah, I, I believe God, I, but I'm not too sure if you'll do it for me. Yeah, I know you have a purpose for my children. Yeah, but the way they're going, I don't know. My marriage, I know that you can rescue my marriage. Lord, do a work in my marriage, but I am not willing to put the work into my marriage. I want you to do it, but I don't want to do anything. And we go back and forth. I have faith, but I have doubt too. And we try to live our lives with this tension of faith and doubt and, yeah, I believe God can do it. So the question needs to be asked. How can I have faith that moves mountains? How can I have faith that moves mountains? Number one. This is what faith that moves mountain looks like, okay? Faith believes even when it doesn't see. Faith believes even when it doesn't see. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Lord, I, I believe my marriage can be fixed. I, I don't see it. But I believe it. Lord, I, I, I believe that we can be healed. I, I know the doctor gave me a bad, bad outlook. The doctor gave me a bad uh, results. But I'm believing that even though I'm not seeing it at this moment, even though it doesn't look very good, even though there may be a storm over my head, I am believing that you can do it. And I'm deciding to stay on the side of faith even when I don't see it. Number two, quickly because I'm running out of time. Faith persists when nothing changes. See, oftentimes we get to number one. Yeah, I believe it. And we can, we can pray and we can, we can keep coming to church and we, we keep believing. But after three weeks, after a month, after two months, we, we run into this wall. Where I got to keep persisting even though I don't see any change. But a faith that moves mountains, it believes when it doesn't see and it also persists when nothing changes. 
Colossians 4.2 says, be persistent in prayer. And keep alert as you pray, giving thanks to God. And some of us, we've gotten to a point where we don't even pray anymore for things that God need, we want God to do in our lives. Let me tell you something. I know this for a fact. A hundred percent of the prayers, listen, a hundred percent of the prayers that you don't pray will not be answered. But what if God does decide to answer 50% of your prayers? And it's just a matter of you getting on your knees and praying. What if God says, you know what? I'm the God that moves mountains. If only you could have a little bit of faith. It doesn't take much. It takes a glimmer. You got to persist even when nothing changes. So how can I have a faith that moves mountains? You got you to have faith that believes even when it doesn't see. You got to have a faith that persists when nothing is changing. And number three, faith works when it doesn't make sense. Well, what does that mean, Pastor? Well, in James chapter 2, verse 22, this is James referring to the story of Abraham and Isaac. God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, that one son that you have, the promised son, the son that you have been waiting for, the son I said I will use to create a nation out of you, I need you to present him as a sacrifice to me. And James is saying, you see, that even though it didn't make sense, wait, you said he was going to be a nation. You said that you were going to use him, that my offspring, and this is the only offspring, but yet you want me to present him as a, and you see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. Lord, I, I believe you can fix my marriage then your actions have to be one that even though it seems like your marriage is lost, even though it seems that you're at a point of no return, your actions need to be one of continuing to love and serve your spouse because you may not see it yet. Things may not be changing, but your faith is working to behave and to act like God has already done it. There's got to be a church that believes that God already did it. God has already been there. God has already seen your future. And you got to believe that if God said that he can do it in your life, that he will do it. you got to have faith. Your faith... Is proved by your actions. Lord, I believe you're my provider. And because I believe he's my provider, I give my tithes. I give my offerings. Lord, I, I lost my job, but I, I believe that you're going to provide something for me. I'm still going to give my offerings. I can't give tithes because I don't have income, but I, what little bit I have, I'm going to give some offerings. Lord, I've been kicked out of the house. Lord, my, my wife doesn't want, has, doesn't want anything to do with me. Lord, my husband doesn't want anything to do with me. But I'm going to continue praying for him. I'm going to continue praying for her. I'm going to continue reaching out to them. And I'm going to continue loving and serving them. And I'm going to continue loving and serving my children. Because I know that you can still work this out for me. 
we got to have faith. So how can I have a faith that moves mountains? Go back to that, this previous slide where all three things are listed. I got to have a faith that believes even when it doesn't see. I have to have a faith that persists when nothing changes. And I have to have a faith that works even when it doesn't make sense. You want to move a mountain in your life? You got to believe with all your heart. And in Matthew, I don't have this up here, but in the same story, Matthew tells a story the same way he tells about this young, this young man that's possessed and the father comes and says, help me with my unbelief. But Matthew has a, a nice detail that Mark didn't add in. And the detail is that the disciples come to Jesus and say, Lord, what happened? What changed? What was different? Like, we prayed and he didn't, he wasn't, the, 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 the spirit didn't leave, it didn't flee. Why did it not work this time? Jesus responds to them, well, this kind, there are some things in your life. There are some issues that you will confront that will need praying and fasting. Then he replies in verse 20 in Matthew chapter 17. But also because you have so little faith that didn't happen. But truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed... You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing. Tell your neighbor nothing. Come on, church. Yell it out. Nothing. Jesus said nothing will be impossible for you. God always answers church. God always answers. But here, the last true definition of a faith. Go ahead, give me the last slide. Faith believes that God can, but it trusts him. Even if he doesn't. Because God always answers. And God's answers is one of three things. He answers yes. He answers not yet. And sometimes his answer is no. I'm not going to do it. And the test of our faith is can you still trust God. Even when he has decided that that is not what is needed in your life. Can you trust him? I'm going to ask you to stand. I believe with all my heart that we are going to get to heaven. And when we get to heaven, we're going to have these moments where we can just speak to God and, and speak to him about this life that we live because we want to understand, like, what, what, what was that about, what I went through? And I really believe that there will be moments when God is going to show us, you know what? If I had answered the prayer the way you wanted me to answer it, 
this is what would have happened in your life. And we're going to realize that the actual miracle in our lives was that we serve a God who knows what's best for us. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. You saved me from that. But at the same time, I believe that there will be moments where we come before God and God says, you know what? If only you had persisted just a little bit more. I was ready to do it for you. But you lacked in faith. I, I, I'm trying to finish, but I feel like someone needs to hear this. Sometimes we think all that is needed is Jesus. Yes, all that is needed is Jesus because he is the answer to everything. But Jesus, the Bible tells us that he went back to, to his hometown. He went back to Nazareth and he showed up. And as he was leaving Nazareth, the Bible tells us that Jesus was astonished by the lack of faith that he found in Nazareth. Because he couldn't do very many miracles there. What? Jesus couldn't do many miracles? Is that a limitation? We put limitations on God by the doubt that we carry or the lack of faith that we have. What have you been asking God for? He wants to do it in your life. If it honors him, if it brings him glory, and it's about you glorifying God through it, he wants to do it in your life. I don't know what you've been asking for. I don't know the, the need in your life. But I know that if you can have faith, even if it's as big as a mustard seed, God can do it. Because we serve a God of miracles. And we need to be a church that declares, I believe. I believe with all my heart. Father, we want to be a church full of believing believers. Not unbelieving believers. We want to be a church that is full of faith. We want to be a church that can move mountains in our lives. And I speak to every mountain in this place. In the name of Jesus. In the name that is above all names. In the name that is full of power. In the name that has the power to heal. In the name that has the power to move mountains. In the name that has the power to restore. In the name that has the power to give life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I declare in this moment that there are mountains that are being moved. There are hearts that are being healed. There are sicknesses that are being cast out. There are attitudes and spirits in our lives that are changing in the name of Jesus we declare this come on church I don't know if there's two or three people that can fill their heart with faith and come to this altar and say Lord I believe you can still do miracles Jesus I believe that you can do it for me can we come to this altar can we believe it with all our heart come on church